Right, are we on? We are on. Are you sure we're on? Uh, positively on. I know you're a bit hopeless when it comes to clicking buttons. Yeah, it says here... Uh, we're on. Sh- we're on, yeah, we're on, definitely on, yeah. It's the red light, isn't it? It's a red light and there's little bouncing LED bars. Well then, welcome back to Green Cows Don't Fly. And um, I'm B, as always, and this is John. I'm John, hello. And this is chapter 13. It is, yep. Yeah. We're halfway through the quest, folks. And lots has, hap- has happened. Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> they jumped through a filing cabinet. Well, they've gone from um, a pub to the job, the job centre, haven't they? Yeah, and then to a new planet via a filing cabinet. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, that's good. <laughs> it's only taken 12 chapters to do that. <laughs> and we still haven't met the um, antagonist, King Flaras. No, he goes, his reputation goes before him. Starting to wonder whether he doesn't actually exist, and well, that's the twist a, of the story. Yeah, this could be a figment of everyone's imagination, most of all ours. I don't think AI is that clever, though. Do you? Not really. I don't think it's going to work. I don't. I think you know. At the end of all of this, there's got to be jobs for you and I still. What writing jobs? <laughs> Proper writing <laughs> jobs. Meaning jobs. Yeah, yeah jobs. Of, you know, writing stories and books that make sense. Well, I suppose we need to get on and make sense out of this episode. I think we do. Um, Brian, is Brian there anywhere? I can't he, quite see him. Yeah, he is. I saw him. He came in tutting earlier on. But there he is. Look, he's just popped up. Oh, yes. He's looking grumpy. Mm. Come on, Brian. Sit down and start reading, mate. Grumpy? Me? How dare you? I'm cheer personified. Chapter 13. It's an ill, wind in the scary mountains. Having finished their meal, they start to plan how they will tackle the ascent. Um, one foot in front of the other, maybe? That might just get them up there? Yes, yes, that's one way of doing it. Uh, what's that old, is it a Chinese proverb? The longest journey starts with one step, or something like that. Oh, that's very wise. It is, yeah. Call my friends, call me Buddha. <laughs> I'm not even going to comment on that. Any yes. Further. <laughs> it's nothing to do with my physical shape. It's more to do with uh, my spirituality. And are you sitting cross-legged? Uh, no, it hurts my back. Oh, dear. You see, you need to do more mountain climbing. You'll be fine. Scarchall seems to know what he's doing and has designated himself to be the leader of the company. However... Grandolf isn't happy about that, because it means he's once again playing a supporting role. Damn this clever clogs bossy boots scotch all. How dare he take the starring role in this quest? Is he ever going to get over this, do you think? The Stallone thing. The Stallone thing. No. Rankles with him, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's history repeating itself here. It is, Um. yeah. Now he's Scartrol. And didn't in the last chapter somebody say that he looked like, um, was he Pristina, that he looked like Stallone? Stallone yeah, he, he did, so it's double bubbly stuff, double whammy, isn't it? I can see lots of conflict. So can I. Oh. I want to see fights and things like that. Like the one with the handbag <laughs> with Fabries. Yeah, we need a bit Smash of unrest breaking out, don't we? You can't have questers and sort of companies 
all being friendly. There must must be problems. Got to got to get a bit yeah. of strife in there. Some proper group dynamics. Yeah, real life. Yes, then they can go on to a one of those um, dynamic. What do you call them? You know, team building events. Oh yes, where they walk up mountains together. Yeah. <laughs> they could sort of put on sort of big suits and stuff like that, yeah. and sort of climb over walls. <laughs> I could, I, I, I could digress here, but I better not. I've been no. on one of them. I don't recommend no. it. No, Against no. my wishes, I have to say as well. It was under extreme protest. What, gun to your head type stuff? Oh, well, lose your, job if you don't, lose your job if you don't go. Same thing, really, isn't it? It's pretty much. <laughs> and Scarchall is acting the part very well. He says, first, we must get some rest. It'll be better if we attempt the ascent at night. Everyone apart from Grandolf agrees, as, after all, Scarchall really does seem to know what he's doing. What's more, he's a mystic wanderer. They take turns at keeping watch until night falls. As the sun finally sets beyond the scary mountains, it is time to move. Scarchall raises his hand in a commandeering way. Let us consult the map. Bob, may we see it again, please? Do you think Bob's holding something back? What, because of the desperate, please give me the map? <laughs> yes, it seems very desperate to see the map. Bob unfolds the second map once more, and they cluster round. The map seems to shimmer and sparkle before a red line appears on the parchment and slowly traces its way, zigzagging across the foothills then up and over the mountains, like a sort of satnav thing. I think they've hit on something there, sat now for fantasies. Just imagine if you could invent that, you could send it out to everybody, couldn't you? All the fantasy characters, and instead of having to get lost in caves and stuff, just follow the fantasy sat nav. Normal human sat navs turn a bit fantasy anyway. Yeah, well, you could go to, you know, scary mountains. Ooh, not going to go there. Uh, lovely valleys. That sounds nice. You have reached the scary mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it makes them go off a cliff as well, like, you know, normal sat-navs do, isn't it? Make you go down into the sea or something. Yes, it probably probably would. (laughs) Turn right over the cliff. At the next orc army, turn left. (laughs) Pristina nudges Ologia and winks. They have been staring at Scarchall continually. Ooh, isn't he a dreamboat? Pristina whispers behind her hand. Ologia agrees, and says, lovely manners too. Scarchall says, ladies, please, keep our minds strictly on the job. Pristina and Ologia explode into fits of giggles. Damn, I knew I should have bought that swanny whistle. Make it carry on questing. Ladies, we need to keep hard at it here, insists Scarchall. You can whistle B, can't you? So let's uh, give us a swanny whistle, would you? I can't now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll try. Right, okay. <whistles> See the kind of work that goes into this, listeners? And you think we just throw it together? I wish. Then Scarchall says to everyone, the map shows us the secret route used many years ago by the Galazoids on their fated and doomed mission. The road may now be in ruin and disrepair, nevertheless we must attempt it. It's our best chance. Crazel is all for go. The sooner he can walk up the mountain behind the ladies to look up their skirts, the better. He says, we'll go in formation. 
You, Scotch all, shall lead the way. I'll bring up the rear. The rest of you, just sort of bunch together in between us. They set off in Cray's suggested formation. Progress is slow. After several hours they complete the crossing of the lower foothills and start to climb slowly. The map names this precise spot danger, escarpment. As if to make its point, a chilling and fierce wind springs up out of nowhere. Now there seem to be fell voices crying out to one another on the wind. Each voice is telling the next some little tidbit relating the quest, a bit like children in a playground playing a game of pass it on, or say, for example, in a manner not dissimilar to how women idly gossip about boyfriends or husbands when they go off to the loo together at the pub or restaurant. That's only the women, not the women and men. Well, that's a bit of complicated prose just there. It was, wasn't it? I mean, it sounded like a book, but it was all a bit gobbledygook as well, wasn't it? Yes. Rather than just passing it on, they just got all very confusing about women gossiping about boyfriend on the toilet, which is not exactly fantasy. The gusts become more frequent as the gale intensifies. Clever clogs, Scarchall explains. This is no normal wind. It's a contrivance of King Flardas. His powers must be growing stronger if he can now send his evil thoughts through the farce hole and influence events on this side. Yes, replies Grandolf. I suspect the king is to blame for this scale. The king? You mean Elvis? Says Pristina the Elvis fan. No, interjects Crazel, you silly but lovely thing. Scarchall is talking about Flodas. This storm has his dabs all over it, if you ask me. Crazel is having difficulty in hearing or indeed making himself heard over the howling gusts. I agree, agrees Scarchall. There seem to be little invisible barbs that sting us on our faces when the gale blows strong. These are indeed his trademarks. Eh? Shouts Crazel over the worsening storm. I said, I agree Crazel. There seem to be little invisible barbs that sting us on our faces when the gale blows strong. They are indeed King Flardas's trademarks, roars Scotch all, over the rising tumult of the wind. What's that you say? Speak up Scotch all, bellows Crazel. The wind intensifies. I said, I agree Crazel. There seem to be little invisible barbs that sting us on our faces when the gale blows strong. They are indeed. Oh, fuck it. Scarchall screams at the top of his voice. Crazel yells, it good arch I still cannot hear he gesticulates towards his ears and waving his arms about as if to show his problem. Eh? What's that? Hollers Scotch all. God, that's all very, um, difficult with all that shouting over each other and... Yeah, that's all. standing and repeating and say it again and still not hearing it and... Yeah, that's awful. That's evil gales for you. I mean, he could have sort of put it out a bit better. He could have sort of drafted it better, couldn't he? No pun intended, by the way. Draft. <laughs> Brian, you could have given us a bit more performance here, couldn't you? Look... I'm doing my best, 
you know, especially considering the pittance I'm getting for this tosh. We can talk about that later, Brian. Can we just get on, do you think? Yes, Garchal was having trouble hearing. Very well. Then Crazel shouts into the wind. I said, it's no good scotch all, I still cannot hear you. Crazel gesticulates once more towards his ears, waving his arms about a bit but with renewed and even greater vigor. Speak up Crazel, for I cannot hear you above the noise of the wind, yells scotch all. Eh, what's that? Screeches Crazel. At last, Bob, who has the keenest of hearing, has finally had enough. He leaps up onto a rock, and using his special holographic powers, he creates a visual distraction. It's as if on a sort of 3D cinema screen suspended in midair, and it looks so terrifying in its reality. The shock stops Scarchall and Crazel dead in their tracks. Well, I'm glad Bob jumped in there because he was starting to get a bit repetitive. I was getting worried that, that um, the rest of the chapter is going to be just them shouting back and forth. And Yes, he hasn't learnt, AI hasn't learnt the art of being more, you know, editing. Could do with an edit, couldn't it? It could, yes. Be a bit more economical with words. We get it, I think. But yeah, but one thing, one thing. Got to watch out, Will Bob. Bob looks like he's got hidden depths. Wouldn't like to cross him if he can sort of do that. Yeah, what did he do? He just um, kind of got some kind of, what was it? In- some kind cinematic. of video screen in the middle of the screen. Whatever he showed them was so horrific, it frightened them. Stopped them. I would have quite liked to know what he actually showed them. That so would, would be I. interesting. D- that would be very noir. Don't suppose we never know, no. If it's horrifying, it would be very noir. Suddenly, a neary calm descends all around. The wind ceases and all is as quiet as a church graveyard at midnight. Bob says, sorry. But that was doing my head in guise, and I had to do something before it vaporized you both to molecular dust particles, but now at least we can all hear one another once more. As the silence envelopes them, the first fingers of daylight filter upwards into the dawn sky. They have been traversing the foothills all night, distracted by the wind, and day is breaking. With it, comes the opportunity to get more rest. They have battled through the gale relentlessly and have by good fortune, made reasonable progress. Grandolf is just about to praise everyone for their efforts when Scotch all steps in front of him, nods positively to each of the company, perhaps in the way a football manager might do to his team as they come off the pitch at half-time after a good first 45 minutes, and says, We must now make camp and set watches again. For all of us to doze off together would be a bad move. Well, very inappropriate metaphor there. He's just broken the spell totally, hasn't he? Oh, the football manager, yeah. Yeah, the football manager. But he's he's really such a busybody, isn't he, that Scarchall? He's just basically pushed Grand Old out of the way. Yeah, he's taken over, hasn't he? One of those, isn't he? I know everything. Listen to me. Well, he is a mystic wanderer, of course. He is, and he's a clever clogs, because apparently he has clever clogs on his feet. Yes, interjects Grandolf, wanting to take charge. After all, he's the chosen one. Grandolf adds, see over there, there's a convenient glade. We set up our tents and so forth there. Scarchall cuts him off, and adds, King Fladas's strength is growing by the hour. 
the storm we've just weathered is but the start of his assault. Therefore, we must stay vigilant. Also, it troubles me we have not seen Fabrice, or Barbage the Third, for a while. Ologia nods. Yes, she is a right cow, that one, she says. Pristina nods too. Yes, she's proper mardy bitch. Ooh, a bit of jealousy creeping in there. Yeah, they're going a bit catty. Yeah, I think they've been discombobulated by the storm. Tempers are on edge. Talking of storm, that reminds me when I was stuck on a ski lift in a storm. <laughs> you went down to Boris Johnson, were you? Why? Well, he got stuck on a zip wire famously, didn't he? Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. no, but that was in the mountains and I went skiing and it was one of those drag lifts where you stand and he pulls you up, you know, oh, you no, have to yeah. sing the bar behind your ass and he pulls yes, you up. Yes, yes. And it was snowing and windy and it was grey and foggy and it was, it was snowing sideways and um, my other half and I were on the lift we were the only ones on the lift actually funny enough there was no other people on the slopes but you know the lifts are manned uh-huh. so halfway up the mountain on a very very steep bit the lift stops <laughs> and it was snowing si- like I said like snow- yeah, sideways yeah. and it was pelting in our faces and it was freezing cold we just stood there shivering and yeah. uh, we saw was the people in the hut at the top, the, the you know the people, the guys who manned the lift. They were just pissing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get it going and, in the end? Well, I think they actually they stopped it deliberately. Ah, I'm gets. convinced they stopped it deliberately. Yeah. yeah. Because they were just laughing. <laughs> and we stood there for at least ten minutes, and I thought, right, I'm going to get out. And just as I was trying to get out, the, the lift took off. I've wondered about those because I've never been skinned. When, when you sort of get on, it's like a bar, isn't it? Like a tea bar you sort of sit on. How high up do they go? Do they just trail you up over the ground or do they carry you up a bit of a height? Are you sort of well, suspended it, above the ground? Well, it depends which ones you have. If you have a drag lift that just has a tea bar, you pull the tea bar down and you tuck it behind your bum and you yeah, just stand yeah. there and he pulls you up as you stand. Ah, on the ground. On the ground. Oh, or I you see. have do the sit down ones where you sit and he just takes you up. But, yeah, but do, do, do you, uh, are you dangling up above the sort of the slope yeah. then? Oh, yeah, on those. And then you get little gondolas as well and stuff. So uh, you, you get several ones. But that was an old-fashioned lift still, one of those old drag lifts. It was a short one. Uh, well, it's not worth it to have a, you know, a sit-down one that pulls you. Uh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. <laughs> was freezing. I was ready to punch these guys, you know, in a storm. So I think probably other half and I had a similar conversation over yes, the week. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's cold. What? It's, it's cold. cold. What? It's Should we get off? What? <laughs> She's up to no good, and with her shape-shifting powers, she could pose as anything or be anywhere. Perhaps she's that cactus standing all so innocently beside yonder rock. Pristina runs to the rock and removes a dagger from just inside her boot. She lunges violently at the cactus, slicing it to shreds in an instant. But, it's not Fabrice, neither dead nor fake. It's just a cactus, and now it's a slashed-to-pieces cactus. So the pretty Pristina has a dagger in her yeah, shoe. Yeah, that's a bit worrying, isn't it? Why does an Elvis fan have a dagger in her shoe? I don't know. It's a bit worrying, though. Wouldn't like to, uh, wouldn't like to get on the wrong side of her. So no, actually, that was, it was a bit of an outburst, wasn't it? It was just like slash up a random canvas to, to smithereens. And a cactus, what's a cactus doing up halfway up a mountain, I wonder? Well, it's a fantasy world, so it could have anything up there that um, eats a cop out, isn't it? AI, it is, it's yeah. just cheap, it's just fantasy. Yeah, it's just anything. money for old rope. 
Grandolf raises his hand to move things along, but Scarchall pushes him out of the way, Stallone used to do that, and says, okay, ladies. Let's cross that bridge later. For now, I shall prepare a reviving breakfast of poached eggs on toast. He removes a small camping stove from his backpack and gets busy slicing bread and cracking eggs. Soon, the glade is full of the wonderful smells of toast, coffee and eggs, all mingling together reminiscent of a sort of truck stop on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66. Isn't that a song? It is. It is, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is in the song, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But what song was it? Was it? Route 66, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is. Oh, you think so? Hmm, I wonder. (laughs) Mm, Well, got to Google that then. Can you whistle it? I know you can't whistle, can you? (laughs) No, still can't whistle this morning. My my whistle's gone, yeah. (laughs) Almost. Oh, well done. As Scarchall cooks their breakfast, hunched over the stove and turned away from the others, he's unaware of Ologia's and Pristina's dreamy sighs, as they stare at his broad, manly back. So too is he unaware of Krazel's scowl of intense irritation at being of inferior handsomeness. As for Grandolf, he looks like he's bitten into a pickled gherkin. Why? He's sour that Scarchall has robbed him of his lead role in this quest, but his chance to play the lead will come. But soon, it will come. Tomorrow, as if by accident, Scarchall will trip and fall over a cliff edge. Causing a bit of disharmony in the camp, isn't he, uh, Scarchall? He's got the girls drooling over him and he's got Gandalf fixing to murder him. Fixing to murder him? Oh yeah, he has. He's going to push him over the cliff edge. He is, yeah. Mm, That's not so good. Well, haven't had a death for a while, though, have we? No, the last one was Fabry's. <laughs> you think he's going to make it to the end? Who, Scarchall? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. Might well, do. maybe. Have to wait and see, I suppose, next episode. Yeah, who's doing um, keying in next episode? Prompts. Oh, I don't, well, probably, well, it's probably you, isn't it? It's my turn, isn't it? <laughs> Hang on, I'll just get down to bookies and get a bet on him now. wonder what they're offering on death. <laughs> I wonder how many will die. <laughs> yeah. The company eats the delicious but simple food in silence, which is only broken from time to time by a lone, crow perched high above them on a rock. After breakfast, they unroll their tents and sleeping bags, and Crazel takes the first watch. He will be relieved by Grandolf, and later by Scarchall. All is still and peaceful. Meanwhile, as the company rests quietly, from her perch high on the rock above the glade, Barbage the Third is carefully keeping her own watch. Well, there's another episode done, and I hope you enjoyed that. Yes, we've left them on a classic cliffhanger. What's going to happen next? That's what the punters want. Well, the only way to find out is to tune in next week. Yeah, because we've got to go. And uh, before we do, please remember to follow us on social media, uh, the various different platforms, and like us on all of those, and uh, show your support. And we'd be eternally grateful, wouldn't we be? Yes, the more fans, the better. Yeah, indeed. um, We'll sign things. Yes, we will. You can sign your plaster cast if you like. If yes. you've got one. <laughs> Don't break something. Don't bring yeah. us your plaster cast and we sign it. <laughs> yeah, send it. New type of merchandising. Yeah. <laughs> we 
can do the breaking for you as well, if you like. Yeah, a, a green cows don't order. fly, yes. <laughs> and if you'd like to buy a green cows don't fly plaster cast, then go to www.greencows.fly plaster cast. slash shop. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, we enough of this. Yeah, I think so. With that, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me and see you next week.